and that our man campaign at the moment, trying to save the forest. The the situation regarding the forest is quite unique at the moment. There's a really unusual set of circumstances, and it's it's both disastrous and it presents a lot of good opportunities at the same time. So it's a, it's an interesting time. Yeah, yeah. So how extensive was the the fire damage from from the season's fires? Well, in those forests that are available for logging, 80% was burnt. That's 80% of what, what they call the net harvestable area. And that's in the Eden region and the southern region. That's all the way between the Victorian border and sort of just south of Nowra. Yeah. That's enormous. That's, that's pretty huge. And do you know what percentage of actual forest went up as well, like what we've got left there? Um, it was it was closer to sixty percent of the of the total forest, but the the loggable area, kind of word, it was much higher. Yeah. There's a whole lot of reasons for that. Partly the logging history. A lot of that forest has been logged before, and so it's changed the nature of the forest to make it a lot more flammable. Yeah, yeah, we'll duck into that one later, I reckon. Um, yeah, it is, it is. Um, so um, there's been an open letter lately as well, hasn't there? Uh, there are people who are trying to um, put pressure on decision makers to, 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 to not go back into the forest. Um, but there's a, a lot of scientific support for that. And there's a lot of um, uh, community support as well. Yeah. Looking around the forest here, you just think, how could they? You know, it's just just indefensible, unthinkable. Yeah, so they've got 20% of the area left. And how how is it organised? Do they have like a, a set quota that they're contracted to provide to someone or other, some sort of customer? Well, one of the, the, the very unusual circumstances that we're looking at here is, we, as I said, we've got 80% of the, the forest burned, but we've also got no functioning wood chip mill, and the wood chip mill has been the driver of all logging on the south coast for 50 years. Wow. So we've got no no wood chip mill. It was burnt in, in the fires. So the fires actually caught the wood chip mill, didn't they? They did. It wasn't totally burnt out, but a lot of it and enough of it to stop it functioning was, was burnt out. Mm, wow. We're also looking at um, mid-March, there'll, there'll be no sawmill in the Eden region. The sawmill at Eden is, is closing down because it, it failed to uh, regain the, the wood supply agreement with the Forestry Corporation. Yeah, right. Isn't the whole place full of little sawmills, sir? No, it's not. Well, there, was one, there was one sawmill left in the Eden region. There's a couple in the southern region, um, further north, but even they are pretty small. Yeah, so what happened to them all? There used to be tonnes of, of small uh, small sawmills all over the place, sort of dotted throughout the landscape, and each one employing a, a handful or more of people. Well, the, one of the sort of foundation myths an enduring myth of the wood chipping industry is that 
wood chips are a byproduct of, of a saw logging industry. But gradually, that becomes that just wrong. Um, it's actually now wood chipping that drives the the, the whole industry, and saw logging is is really more like the window dressing of the wood chipping industry. The the wood supply agreement was going to go to the chip mill. We keep hearing, but it hasn't happened yet, and there's no no um, mill there. There's there's no means of, of processing the saw log if they do get that contract. So you sort of have to wonder why they want to start logging again anyway. What are they going to do with the log? Yeah, right. So the market has basically just disappeared. Well, on top of that, the uh, who would have thought that the coronavirus um, in China has actually caused the wood chip export market in Australia to crash. I thought there was a shortage of toilet paper. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, go on. There is actually some money in Australia. (laughs) um, Anyway, uh, all of that industry in in that Wuhan area, there are a lot of sawmills there and a lot of industry that that uses um, uh, paper and, and packaging of various kinds. And, and it's just pretty well stopped overnight. Mm. So even if there was a producing uh, wood chip mill, uh, the main customer's gone. China has been the main customer for the last couple of years. Yeah, right. So what what is it that they do with it? You've said paper and packaging. Is there, is there anything else that the trees go for? Um, not from Eden, no. Yeah. So we, we have logging operations in this region now, or we did until the fires, which produce 100% wood chips. So, mm. so to say that um, wood chips is, you know, some kind of byproduct of a of another, you know, the main industry. Well, don't they say it's just waste wood that goes to yeah. the wood chip? Yeah, indeed they do. So yeah. they've managed to get compartments with 100% waste wood. Yep. The whole thing's waste. <laughs> That's a definition problem, I think. <laughs> well, you know, um, a couple of years ago, the Auditor General of New South Wales valued the state forest um, estate, native forest estate, as zero because it was making a loss to the Forestry Corporation. Yeah, right. So, you know, a few of us made an offer to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take you up. Well, that's a pity. That'd be a great little uh, little piece of outsourcing, I reckon. If you don't have to pay local government rates or anything, it's great. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so the industry's not even paying for itself. I guess let's just uh, step back a bit and, and go out to the the compartments. You said there's some some operations have, have had a hundred percent of the wood going to the chip mill. What's your sort of average? I mean. I remember many years ago talking with you sitting out the front of the wood chip mill and sort of counting logs as they came in and out. Yeah, well, the average for the Eden region is um, about 90%. But there's two, there's a couple of different ways of counting that. There are logs that go directly to the chip mill and then there are logs that are saw logs and, and go to sawmills, And they produce some... From waste from that, 
and maybe half of the of the store logs end up as, as wood chips anyway because you know there's, there's the round bits and the, and the bits that aren't quite good enough to be store mm. chips and, that, and they're what people normally think of as wood chips but surprisingly there have been a few of those over the years end up there but but it's a pretty tiny amount. So taking account of, of that as well, you'd get perhaps 95% in the Eden region. But, of course, you know, the, all of these figures are with the proviso hmm. uh, last year when the fires came. So I might get you to just quickly as you can describe a, a forest that hasn't been logged. What does that sort of look like? Uh, it's, it's got... A whole range of different sized trees. There are huge trees. There are tiny young trees. There are trees with hollows, imperfections in them. Um, they're noisy. There are birds and animals. And beautiful. Yeah. So is it a nice place to be on a, on a hot sunny day? Oh, it's beautiful. It's cool. It's all, it's just, the air's different. From, from being outside, mm. and, uh, you know, as you know, even in in a city, in an area with trees, it's, it's cooler, and, and the air's different. It, it feels different. Yeah, yeah. And and what's the soil like? Is it sort of patchy and barren? And well, you don't see it normally. There's a lot of undergrowth. There's ferns. There's um, small shrubs. Wildflowers occasionally, little um, bushes and grasses, yeah, and it's all held together, and and compost builds up, and and the and the soil is, and the um, you know dead leaves and and branches are sort of recycled into the soil by the termites and bandicoots and and other forest animals. Yeah, yeah. So I guess we'll go back sort of 50 years and, and say, uh, say they're doing selective logging. They're, they're coming in and, and taking out the, the trees that look like they're really good and they'll, they'll make a great saw log and leaving everything else there. What does that do to the forest structure? Well, that, that's bearable. And frankly, you know, a lot of us can, can live with a bit of selective logging. Um, but that's, it's a long time since we've had anything like that. I mean, it, it depends how they do it, of course, but if it's just a tree here and there, you know, it's not going to do too much harm. Mm. And how did that change when the chip mill started becoming the dominant uh, customer? What, what was the difference in the trees that they took out? Well, they started taking out pretty well everything. They, yeah, right. They have a bit of a formula for, um, you know, for maybe four or five, six trees per hectare to be saved for for various purposes, for habitat, for what they call regeneration and, and stuff like that. But but basically it's everything, all the undergrowth goes, all the big trees, young trees, all of it. Yeah, right. And what does that do to, like, the... Yeah, how does that affect the actual ecosystem there? I guess so. Well, it's pretty disastrous, you know. The, um, in the early days, the the loggers used to um, think it was funny watching the gliders and other animals jumping out of the trees when they felled them. 
you can sometimes read accounts by old loggers who who, who describe this, and when they realise, some of them realise that they weren't actually just going to the next tree, they were actually going to their death. You know, they might survive for another day or so, but if they didn't die of starvation, they'd, they'd be taken by predators. It, it was, a, you know, they, they, it was pretty clear even then that, that it was not, not good for the biodiversity. Mm. And we were mentioning before how it's nice and cool because of all the, all the shade and stuff and the, the soil's damp and wet because of the, the mulch. What, what happens to all of that? When it's logged? Yeah. Well, usually after a logging operation, they burn it. So that, that ends up as, um, uh, well, ash. <laughs> there's, there's no sort of texture left to the soil to, to hold it together. Yeah, right. So you're actually getting rid of all the shade and all the mulch in one go. Yeah. The the idea of burning, I mean, there's a point to it, there's, is to um, uh, to regenerate any, any seed beds that, that were there in the in the forest. Because they what well, they don't replant these forests when they log them. They they rely on, on Mother Nature to do that. Hmm. Mm. So that's interesting. So Say we've got um, we've got a patch of bush out there that, that's fairly good, like uh, hasn't been logged, and that gets a big fire through it. And then you've got a, well, a logging compartment where they move in and take out a fair bit of the canopy and then burn it again. What, what's the difference in, in the impacts of that? How do, how do they come back differently? Well, it's enormous. It, in these recent fires, we've seen... Um, Really, test cases of, of what what happens when when you log a forest intensively. What, one of the fires, for example, the one that came up from the Victorian border to Eden in a single day, it was called the Border Fire. <coughs> Pardon me. It it burnt through some of the most intensively logged forests in Australia. They've been intensively logged for wood chips over decades. And it travelled that distance in a single day. It was astonishing. Now, and one of the reasons it did this was because the nature, the changed nature of the forest that it was burning through, it it was, pardon <coughs> me, um, it was in um, very dense, dry regrowth. All the trees are the same age, the same size, the same height, and it, and it burns just that much more easily than an old, moist, even, uneven uh, age and height forest. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. guess the other, the other place I noticed that there's been doing a lot of logging lately is uh, east of Batemans Bay and Mogo and Malua Bay and all that whole strip to the east of, uh, west, sorry, to the west, <laughs> you know, that strip to the east of Batemans yeah. Bay, <laughs> it's a bit wet there, um, to the west of Batemans Bay, it's... Um, between the highway and, and the coast has all been logged in the last few years. How bad was that area hit? Um, that was very bad around Mogo. And sadly, it is Mogo that's one of the first compartments where they're going back after the fires this week. Mm, mm. You would think that Mogo's had enough to put up with, but apparently not. 
Right. So there, is there something that survived the fire or are they logging the burnt wood? They're logging the burnt wood. Yeah. Right. So I can't imagine that charcoal in your wood chips is going to do you any favours. Well, no. <laughs> um, even if they find um, a wood chip mill to take them, which perhaps they'll take them to Eden and stockpile them until the chip mill's rebuilt. But it's um, hard to imagine. that There is actually in the pulp log wood supply agreement a ban on any wood with charcoal in it. Mm. Mm. And what about sawmills? I mean, sawmills... So charcoal's just pretty much straight carbon, which I don't think is very good for a sharp saw, is it? No, but there are some ways they can use them if it's not seriously burnt. And, you know, you must remember a lot of these trees won't be. They'll they'll be um, very much alive and they'll be, if they're left alone, quite capable of, of regrowing. Yeah, and I guess that's right. And when they do that, they'll be providing that shade and re, re, resetting the mulch and stuff as well, won't they? Yeah. Mm, yep. To build the soil and keep the moisture in that old soil. Yeah, it just seems so tragic that, that they've picked Mogo as the place, one of the two places to resume logging. Yeah, where's the other one? It's at um, South Brooman, which is just north of Bateman's Bay. Yeah, right. Deary me, deary me. Um, so, yeah, the soil, I mean, it really is about the soil, this stuff, because what you're doing is removing the, the shade and so the sun gets in and increases evaporation and heat and dries things out and then you're, you're removing the mulch at the same time, which, which does even more of that. And then when, when your small plants come up, they're sucking a heap of water out to grow vigorously and... and the effect of all of this is to really dry out the soil, isn't it? It sure is. Yeah. And, what is and that? One of the, the, without the the forest animals like the bandicoots and the lyrebirds there to to keep turning it over and, and you know recycling it, it's even harder for the soil to to recover. I, I think some of the forest scientists who've been looking at um, the fire impacts have have been very concerned about the soil. And they've identified it as, as the big problem. Mm. All right. Well, well, who's doing this? I mean, you've got the loggers out there, but they're sort of fulfilling contracts and sort of doing what they're asked to do. Who, who's asking the loggers to log the forest? Uh, well, they want to do it, a lot of them. Oh, well, of course they do, but if no one <laughs> pays them to do it, they can't. Uh, well, it's the Forestry Corporation. See, they've got contracts, and although there are as is usual in a contract, clauses that enable them to be you know, changed or cancelled for provisions, what they call force majeure. Um, no, no, both sides don't seem to be very keen to invoke that in the current circumstances, but they could if they, if they wanted to, mm-hmm. and they could do that at no cost to the public. Yeah, yeah. This is what we think they should be doing, but you know they're they're just not prepared to accept reality. I think. No, that's right. That's right. Well, uh, I think we're going to have to wind up fairly soon. So, what can people do? Is is there any actions going on down at Mogo or Brumen? Or? Um, 
I think people have been a bit sort of preoccupied with other priorities. Mm, getting on with their lives and trying to rebuild. Yeah, it's hard for, for them, for the locals. But um, there's a few petitions going around. Um, if people have a look on the Circa page on Facebook, we've got a petition. Um, the Nature Conservation Council, also Circa, I should have said, was the South East Region Conservation Alliance. Um, Nature Conservation Council also. Um, there has been a lot of support for them, and I think there are politicians who are listening, but a bit more pressure from the public would be great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, anything else you want to add before we have to wind up? Um, uh, maybe it's worth noting... Um, one of the reasons they keep saying we have to have this industry is because it's a huge employer. It's actually not. In the whole Vega Valley and Dallas Shires combined, direct employment in the logging industry is less than 1% of the entire workforce. It's tiny. I'm not going to, I don't want to belittle those jobs that those guys have, but a lot of them have got useful skills that can be transferred to other industries and they are being transferred. That, that workforce has actually been diminishing a lot over the years. And you see even the, the machines and trucks being used for other things, not just logging. But that workforce, the Eden Chip Mill, it's smaller than the staff employed at the Eden School. Yeah, really? Yep, or the Eden Fisherman's Club. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's really tiny. And it's been greatly exaggerated in a lot of the, the media coverage of the fires. I saw one of the lobby bodies saying there was more than 3,000 jobs. Well, that's just wrong. <laughs> it's, it's less than 200. It's 30 at the chip mill. Mm, but when the guy who's logging's wife goes to buy a sandwich and discovers she doesn't have any money, that person who works in the sandwich shop might lose their job. Uh, they keep saying that, but, hmm. um, you know, these guys have useful skills. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of them are tradies. They they can do other things, and they are doing other things. And there should be a government assistance to, um, you know, make sure that those opportunities are around. Yeah, well, God knows. I mean, there's so much... Um soil-based farming that we could be doing to build the soil and, and sequester carbon out of the atmosphere and these guys would be great at that. They would, absolutely, and restoring the forest too. Yep. I mean, a lot of them know a lot more about the forest than some of us do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It could be put to good use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of them would be happier doing it too. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, no one likes getting told what to do, but... Um, no. We're not doing whaling anymore. <laughs> All right, uh, Harriet Swift uh, from the South East Region Conservation Alliance. Um, thanks for joining us. Great talking to you, Steve. All right, no worries.